What's up? What is up? I don't know. I'm tired. And I'm like, I hate that I'm tired. I'm just constantly tired, though. Ooh, What's we're off you? to a good start today. Yeah. I'd like to propose a toast. Welcome to Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily wine and talk about musicals. Welcome. Wine is a double one time drop. I'm sitting here. <laughs> no, honestly, if I, the link didn't work, I was like, I wonder if I just fell asleep instead. No, the, the link worked just fine. It just wasn't showing up in my email until like you said, it's there. And I looked at it and it said sent nine minutes ago. I'm like, oh, dang it. My computer sucks. Yeah, I was so. being really, really productive. You were. I'm proud yeah. of you. Look at you. Do you want to see my cat? Yes. Always. <laughs> Figgy pudding. It's a pretty baby, pretty. It's a pretty baby. Say hi. Say hi. Hello. Hi, meow meow. Hi, meow meow. Hello, meow meow. Hello. Meow meow. Oh, oh, meow. and that's how Emily died. <laughs> he was sleeping, and I was like, he's like right next Aww. to me, and so I picked him up. Here, come back. You're he's okay. like, bitch. What yeah. the hell? Yeah, bite me, bite me. There you go. Oh, oh, and now it. we all know he's... what Emily's into. Nope, he's just biting, literally biting my hand. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Emily and I wine. And, and talk about musicals. Sometimes, yeah. We yeah. sometimes talk about musicals? Yeah, no, we sometimes. always talk about musicals. Sometimes, I mean. When, a name a time we did not talk about musicals. Uh, when we used to do our recordings that were not about musicals. We've always done a recording about a musical, whether it was like, no, Even the extra like stories was, but they were still about musicals. Sure, etiquette, the etiquette. Emily, one. it was a joke. It God. was a bad joke. You're cranky. You sometimes go drink. take a nap. I am cranky. I am cranky. Go get a nap. <laughs> that was literally me yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yesterday or the day before? It was I'd, definitely yesterday. You were definitely cranky yesterday. I wasn't cranky yesterday. What was yesterday? Monday? No, I was cranky on Sunday. I was very cranky. Why was uh, I, What do you mean? Monday you were cranky. I was not cranky. Monday, when you called, you called me trying to ask something. I was like, I think it's this. And you're like, uh, uh. And I'm like, okay, Chelsea. Well, I was literally <laughs> sitting in her office, this woman's office, filling it out. It was confusing. And she had left. Yeah. And it was confusing. And I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I want to make sure you get paid. So here I am taking extra steps yes, to know. making sure you get paid. But I'm like, God damn it. There was no, it was one extra step. Okay, fine. It was one extra step, but I was confused. It was a click on like a down. Yes, and it didn't have anything to fill in your name. And that's what I was saying. And nobody was listening. And I was sad, upset. Well, no, I was confused too. But at that that point, I wasn't cranky. I was hangry. Oh, okay. Right. I was, I was hangry. Yeah. I'll bring that up in my, um. In my wine, that we'll talk about that in my wine. What are hey, we Chelsea. doing? What are we doing today, though? Ah, damn it! Um, we are doing Lord of the Rings, the musical part or act. It's part three, act two and three. Yeah, my Wait. notes are just as long for part two and three as they were for act one. There's an act two and three. Yes, this is a fucking opera now. Yes, and I think so. Act one, the Act one by itself, I think, was like an hour and a half. Ow, fig. And then um, 
act two and act three were about 45 minutes each. Okay. Oh, I got to remember to take notes. Ah! Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. Because this is where all the music is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're doing Lord of the Musicals. We're, we're Lord of the Musicals. <laughs> <sighs> Honestly. We're tired. We're tired. I realized I made, I made, an, I finally like put my finger on it. Right. So I was saying it's like a movie with a scoring that they've tried to make into a musical. Really what this is, is like Harry Potter and the Cursed Child with people singing. Okay. Like they might as well have just, if they had just made it like a play and did something along those lines. You think if Harry Potter think, had done music, like it would be less successful than Cursed Child is already? Like Harry Honestly, Potter, Cursed Child is successful in my yes. eyes. And it's because it's a beautiful play that mm-hmm. incorporates scoring. Mm-hmm. But no one sings in it. But right. there is like, it's not dancing, but it's movement. Like you, there's no right, it's not incredible a dance numbers or anything. Whereas Lord of the Rings, the musical, try to put in a dance number to make it a musical. Right, 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 right. Right. And so they kept doing that. And so it was really just a whole bunch of dance and staging sequences. Okay. With like impressive movements. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to hear about the Ugh. ending of this bullshit because I fell asleep last time. And so I'm... I'm yes, oh. you did. I'm awake now. I have, I have caffeine. Um, but hey, Emily. Hey, Chelsea. What are you drinking? Nothing. I forgot to grab a drink. I thought... And I, was, thought I forgot to grab a drink. I thought you were so with it today. No, I was with it. Because I was with it, I forgot to grab a liquid. Oh, okay. I was with, with it, not liquid. There's a joke somewhere. Oh, in you there. were trying. So you tried. There's a joke. There's a joke somewhere in there. I'll figure it out later. Okay. Uh, hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. What are you drinking? I decided to stop on my way home at Jack in the Crack. Oh, and. <laughs> Not Why good. is it just not crack in the box? Well, because I mean, I guess there's some a little bit of crack in there, but it doesn't come with every meal. But um, <laughs> I, I stopped at Jack in the Box. I got some tacos, curly fries, and a soda. So I'm drinking on a Coke right now because I need some energy. Because um, I got to start packing my apartment. Boop. Once yeah. My, once my neck feels better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. What are you whining about? Sparkling wine and negative wine. Let's do, oh, do you shit. want which one do you want first? Uh, let's do a sparkling wine sandwich, which I guess would really be a negative wine sandwich. Start with the sparkling. Sparkling sparkling wine sandwich. Okay, sparkling wine. So I found an apartment. Yay! Yay! For James and I. And it's really beautiful and it's on a lake. Come on. What was funny? What was funny is that you were just like I found an apartment. Pause, 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 pause. For James and me. Like, for okay. James and me. Yes. For, for, like, for us. For who us. else? What about the cats? I guess the cats can come too. Okay, cool. I mean, they got to get jobs though because there's a $20 per cat pet fee. I've only told them I have one cat. So Stinky needs to get a job. Start submitting him for commercials. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, and then I, I had... I, ha- I had a stilts gig last week that went really well. I, I didn't die. But then uh, today my neck just decided to fuck up. It's been like two solid years since my neck has had crisis. And today it was like, <coughs> I reached down to pick up a wig and it was like, <coughs> not today, bitch. So I'm having a real hard time holding my neck up. 
Um, but uh, good news is my chiropractor is available to see me at 5.30. Hallelujah. Hey. Chelsea is wearing headgear right now. I'm, I'm not. A neck brace. No, I'm not. I wish I had <laughs> a neck kidding. brace. God, I, I, was, like, I, I was thinking even just like the pillow that you wear on the airplane might help you right now. I don't have one of those right now. But yeah. I'll, um, after this, I'm going to go lay on a heating pad and ice and go back and forth. Um, hey, Emily. God. Hey, Chelsea. What are you whining about? Um, what am I whining about? Hmm. Uh, I don't know what I'm about. That's not even like a real question. I'm just like, I have like leftover embarrassment from this weekend. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not even, uh, uh, it's so difficult. Okay. Um, this weekend I went up to Austin and I went and saw Ben Schwartz and friends. <sighs> If you don't know who Ben Schwartz is, he is John Ralphio from Parks and Rec or the oh, voice of Sonic. Yeah. People don't like, I feel like everyone knows who he is, but then no one knows who he is. Um, I don't know his name. I know John Ralphio though. Yeah. James, so, well, okay. And James pointed to the picture and he was like, that's John Ralphio. And I'm like, no, it's not. That is, it looks mm-hmm. nothing like John Ralph. It was. Ralph. Well, was it's because uh, Ben filmed that at 27 and now he's 42. Oh, that's um, why he looks different. <laughs> I thought that was a current picture of you guys. Yeah, the picture of us was from Saturday. But he's 40. John Ralphio was, was, was filmed when he was 27. So if you didn't recognize John Ralphio. Oh, gotcha. Just you gotcha. were recognizing 27-year-old Ben Schwartz. Gotcha. Anyways, so I met Ben Schwartz. That's cool. Which was a really, it was, the whole ordeal was hilarious. And I actually wrote about it on a blog post on Nose Breathers that you had to pay to read. <laughs> Um, but long story short at improv shows, it's long form improv and it's Ben Schwartz and friends. So Ben Schwartz, who I like want to be him, he brought out his improv friends from UCB. One of them was Jess McKenna, who is from off book, uh, the musical podcast. Oh, cool. And I love her and I think she's great. Yeah. And if you've watched middle ditch and Schwartz on Netflix, then, you know, like, when they come out and they say like, we want, we need to know something that's coming up in your life. And then they get their inspiration from the story. Well, me (laughs) thinking everyone's going to yell out and I'm in the very back of the theater. They go, what is, what was the question? The question was, what is a big event that's coming up in your life? And I go turning 30. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) And guess who heard me? Oh, it's Ben. Ben fucking Schwartz heard me and he goes, a woman in the back said something. And I go, fuck. And I go, I'm turning 30. He goes, that's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, I'm stressed about it. (laughs) And he goes, well, wait, wait, like something bigger, but you know what? You know what? No, let me ask, like, are you doing anything for your 30th? And I go, Nope. <laughs> I'm doing this. I go, this, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. Cause I'm like, he goes, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm probably going to work. And he goes, what do you do? And I go, I teach acting. And he goes, what do you teach? And then I big sigh. Improv. <sighs> Long form improv. He goes, no fucking way. And I go, yeah. oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah. And he goes, okay. Okay. And I was like, just, I literally go move on, move on to someone else. <laughs> I'm not that's move on they wanted a wedding they wanted well no 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 because a girl calls out 
getting married, which is in the first episode of Middleton Schwartz is what was called out as the inspiration. Okay. But the girl who got picked up, like the story who got picked up, her name's Deborah, Mm -hmm. and she's living in an RV. She's like trying to move into a house or like update her RV, but she's been living in her RV that's been in the shop. And they're like, so while it's been the shop, where you've been living? She goes, in the RV. (laughs) So she's living in an RV at a shop. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, and so I was like, that's a much better story than what I gave them. But Jess McKenna came up. So they did a montage, um, which is when, so they take that one suggestion and then they, two people start a scene and then backline will add more characters. They'll tap in and out scene gets swept. They start a new scene. So all the scenes will be, um, every time it's a scene is swept or like, like ends and the next scene has nothing to do with the scene from before. Mm. So about, Towards the end of the set, the scene is swept and Jess McKenna comes out and she goes, you guys, I know I'm turning 30, but I don't want want you to plan anything. We're going to be at work. And it turned out during the scene that they were all like at NASA and that that SpaceX exploded. (laughs) (laughs) And 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 then they're like, it was so funny. And I was crying. Um, but I know I've gone long, but ultimately the set ends, uh, Ben wishes me a happy birthday. Like among you, I write everything. So, um, New York has stage door culture where you go to the stage door and meet people. Mm -hmm. Texas doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. So as we're leaving, I kind of lean over to the usher and I go, is there a stage door here? And they go, no idea what I'm talking about. This random girl off the street looks at me and she goes, are you looking for where they're coming out? I'm like, yeah. She's like, I know what they'll be. They're going to be in the back alleyway. Follow me. Oh no. What? <laughs> I followed her. <laughs> this, this is how Emily's going to die. Y'all someday. Well, Emily will die. And following the fact strangers. That is, <laughs> my best friend was with me. And also four or three Houston improvisers were also there that I okay. ran into. Okay. So we all go to this back alley and they stop at the corner. And I went all the way in with this girl. And we talked to security. Ben Schwartz comes out and suddenly, so, and he agrees to talk to us, which was lovely. So lovely. These three Houston improvisers come cascading. They come running down the alleyway. Oh my God. And I'm like, and of course my best friend was in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, so I, afterwards I go, y'all, why didn't you just come and wait with me? And they go, well, we thought it would be creepy. And it was a creepier than running after a celebrity down an alleyway. Leave it to Emily to start a fad, though. Start a, start a stage, stage door. Stage, stage door Austin, fad Texas. in Houston. I love it. Well, in Austin. But yeah, I mean, like, it's true. I've met a lot of, of my, like, inspirational humans in Houston because nobody goes to the stage door. Mm-hmm. Well, and at it, Tuts, like, they do stage tour. door stuff. They'll do but that it's at not, Tuts. But it's not like New York. It's you're not like six people deep, mm. like you are. You are at the grail. It depends on the. It depends on the show. For Rent, when um, Adam Pascal and okay, well, what's his face, um, Anthony uh, Rapp, Anthony Rapp came through. It was a lot of people. I yeah. pushed my shit all the way to through the front, and I was like, "My cousin knows you," and he's like, "Who? Dante Keen? And he's like, "Oh shit, come here! I'll sign your stuff." I'm like, "Ha!" 
Oh yeah, no, I pull that everywhere. No, pull I mean it. like Laura Michelle Kelly, for example, when she was here for Kelly and, or for Kelly and I, for King and I, mm-hmm. um, she, she, I go, oh my gosh, I think you're incredible, and I act. I was like, I was so stupid. I go, I met you in New York, and she goes, oh, during Fighting Neverland. I was like, you remember me? And she goes, no, that was just the last thing I did in New York. And I go, uh-huh. oh yeah. And she shows me her phone. She goes, do you know where my Uber is right now? Oh, my God. You know, like it's on Allen Parkway. (laughs) It's like, oh, they're almost here. They're going to be here. Like they're right there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right. right. We've been going too far, too long on the wines. I feel like that was a good story. It's a good story, though. That's funny. Okay. We got to get into the episode, though. Fuck. Fine. No. Anyways, Sorry. yeah, my, I met Ben Schwartz, and I think the cat just farted. Gross. Now it stinks. Okay. We're at Act Two. So what I realized while I was watching this is the version I was watching did not actually have the full show. Cool. Uh, yeah. So it was very frustrating. I had to go and find one more thing, and we're going to experience that. Okay, so we're at Act Two. Where we have left off is um, the Fellowship has gone out to try and destroy the ring. Gandalf was in um, the cave, and Balrog, a monstrous creature of evil, has killed him after he says, you cannot pass. So we talked about this last episode. I need to bring this up because every nerd is going to yell at me. Sorry, I love you, nerds. Um, the line, you shall not pass, was actually a, um ad lib. He had forgotten his line in the film. What the fuck, And really? so they used it. So the true line is, you cannot pass. Hmm. So all of, all of you who, I, I just won Lord of the Rings trivia, <laughs> trivia. I sent you that article right after we, we uh, I didn't recorded. read it, but yeah. That's fine. Um, okay, so now Gandalf is dead. So, so the same opening set opens Act Two. So that was a ring in like the middle of foliage um, on a scrim, and so only this ring is a little bit more blue and white lit. Uh, with or the foliage is a little bit more blue and white lit, with the ring in the middle remaining a glow, and the foliage around it becomes more white as the middle. Uh, begins to look like it's on fire. Mm. And on the scrim, you see a crawling figure off to the side. We find out that this is Gollum. Gollum spends a lot of time on a harness, I realized during this show. Really? So he's climbing up and down the foliage and um, talking about his... I don't remember this. Talking about his previous... Um, Whatever that means. The scrim lifts to show the travelers coming up to a pass where (laughs) this is me last night. They come up to a pass where I need some subtitles to understand what's going on. So I turned on YouTube closed captioning. Okay. (laughs) So they're on a pass in the set uh, and the lighting has the levels set up. So we talked about that turntable and how there's different levels that it can create. So I started referring to this turntable as staircase setup, which is when they will have either it going like at a diagonal in a staircase fashion or the middle is raised and the bottom is causing a staircase. Um, 
so when I talk about those levels, if I say staircase, this is what I'm talking about. Right now, the levels are set up to look like the side of a mountain slash cliff. It is beautiful. So mm. it's kind of a staircase off to one side. And so the fellowship is pretty much trying to figure out which path to take. They just lost Gandalf. They're coming out of the tunnels. They realize they are being followed. And the hobbits are told that you are not, you alone can choose your path. And so as the, as he thinks about which path to take, um, elves of the golden woods are heard chanting and chirping from all around as a light lights um, in the sky start to fall. So it's like falling glitter. And the chirps become harmonious, and it turns out these chirps are messengers that have come to fetch the hobbits in the fellowship. Um, and this is done in the song, The Golden Wood. So as they choose their paths, elves come in and fetch them. I feel like that's always very convenient. That's my and an elf, too. I yeah. So elves <laughs> come and fetch me at all times. Right. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, so like the messenger elf comes and he's like, Oh yeah, you're following me. But then he looks at the dwarf and he's like, but you can't come. But they're like, no, you have to let him come. He has to come. Uh, Legolas is like, no, he's, a, he's in the fellowship. So to be able to go to this sanctuary, elven sanctuary that they're being told of, they choose to be blindfolded to keep this place hidden, specifically because of the dwarf. And he, uh, as the scene changes, he says, I will hold you account for every bump and bruise I suffer. That's what you should be telling Kara. You're going <laughs> to hold her an account for every, for every bump and bruise bump you and suffer bruise from the stilts. And broken neck. I, I haven't fallen broken. Well, That's dramatic. I'm broken. Have you fallen? What? You've fallen? No, I've actually never fallen before. And then you went, well. No, I've never fallen. I've never fallen. Oh. I'm just broken. Wow. Oh, okay. I, I just, that makes it's, sense. It's hard on the body. It's just very, stilt walking is very hard on the body, on my body especially. <laughs> anyway you know what else is hot on your body <laughs> don't say it <laughs> a rock um <laughs> a rock just a rock. like my shoulders uh, okay the fella <laughs> we're in lord of the rings um coming back <laughs> another sex joke just came into my head <laughs> you know who else is the lord of the rings Oh. Frodo. Um, the fellowship hey. takes <laughs> takes refuge in. Okay, I, I listened to them of how to pronounce this. What I was picking up, it's pronounced Lothlorien. So they are taking refuge in Lothlorien, which is the mystical realm of Gal Galadriel, um, an elven lady of great power and wisdom. This is played by Laura Michelle Kelly in the. Um, West End production. So this land is introduced in the song Lothlorien. This song is very 
for lack of a better way to describe it, it's very circus soleil. Circus Soleil. Cirque du Soleil. There we go. There you go. Um, I saw it. I couldn't say it. And I'm always just said it so fast that I've never actually tried to break it up. Anyways, uh, the way that it sounded like they were saying La Florianare. La Florianare. So I don't know what that means, but let's just call it La Florian for now. So the elves, to introduce, introduce this mystical realm... The elves are coming down from like silks from mm-hmm. all around from the ceiling. And this is this is, song be, is begun by Legolas. Okay. And so he's like singing like about the elves and he's in between the silks and they're coming down and doing aerial shit. And then very suddenly from the middle, Lord Michelle Kelly, a.k.a. Galadriel, comes down on a silk from the middle like Trixie in the Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Truly. That's the only way to describe how she came down in the middle. They're like, <gasps> and then she comes down swinging her feet like she does at the at Disney World. Oh, my gosh. And she sings about how beautiful and powerful she is. Okay. Tell me that's not Trixie from Country Bear Jamboree. Um, and all the other elves are, so this is more or less a staging. All the other elves are lower on the stage as the turntable is layered and turns as they circle around her. So kind of like what we experienced earlier, there's a platform and then everyone else is kind of sitting and circling. Okay. Um, so more elves appear and the set set is just beautiful. Um, pretty much everything about act two and three is just beautiful set. I took so many pictures and I'll send them to you. Ooh. As a song is coming to an end, a dome, well, I shouldn't say an end. It's the song is definitely cut up into pieces. So, as the sequence of this part of the song is coming to an end, a dome uh, is made by the foliage and the elves that are up on the aerial apparatus um, are adding to layers to this dome. This is Lothlorien. So they have now made it into this dome. The fellowship welcomes everyone saying, or they're welcome. The fellowship is welcomed by everyone saying they didn't know about the hobbits and the hobbits were like, we didn't know about you either. So what we learn at this point is that people think that hobbits are a mythical creature. Meanwhile, the hobbits didn't realize that elves actually existed. Hmm. Um, and Sam admits he has never seen such beauty. Oh, so Gladriel, keep in mind, Sam is engaged to that rosy girl from the Shire. Oh, that's right. Not that that matters right now. It just kind of like comes back as a joke later, but he never does anything. I think he's just like enthralled by someone who's just so beautiful. Um, So Galadriel asks to speak with Frodo alone, where he admits that it's so different here. And the eye of Sauron can't, and oh, he's, he's told that the eye of Sauron can't reach them in the globe. And we find out there's actually three other rings, but she says, um, with the loss of the one ring, which is the one that Frodo has, all other rings are going to lose their power. She says, with the loss of Gandalf, the shape of the world shifts. There's our quote. Frodo tells Galadriel that uh, he will give her the one ring because she's better than him. And she says, this is the greatest test of all. And this is where Kate Blanchett in the movie has like a breakdown Mm-hmm. And her eyeballs, like it, like the fan is on her full blast, and she's like, "I will come here." 
so she admits that she has thought about this a lot and how she would be, she would not be dark, but beautiful, as beautiful and fair as the ocean and a storm and the lights change and all the streaks go and it's terrifying. And then she's seeing something in Elvin that is, I don't know what she's singing, but it sounds kind of mat, like, what's the word? Malevolent. And then she just collapses and all the lights change back. And she comes up from her little tantrum and she goes, I passed the test. Yeah. So what she is saying is that she is not accepting the ring and that was the test that she needed to pass. And now that she's passed the test, she can go and diminish. <laughs> I turn on the subtitles. I had to read all this. Uh, she didn't, so she didn't take the ring and she tells Frodo that they are companions in Lost. Frodo doesn't want her to diminish, but she's like, I must. So she gives him a gift to guide him and the stage rotates as the foliage of the dome does as well. So pretty much they're changing where they are. The elves. Okay. I think this is where I got tired because I don't remember this, but the elves give cloaks of invisibility. That didn't sound right. I don't remember that in the book or the movie. I do know that Frodo has a sword that lets him know when evil comes that will glow. Did they get Um, like, did they get mixed up with Harry Potter lore? (laughs) Maybe I am. (laughs) No, actually, I do remember. I think I, maybe I'm mixing them up myself now. I thought I remembered a cloak of invisibility. That Frodo, oh yeah, 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 because Bilbo Baggins uses it at the very beginning. That's how he no, was no, able no, to disappear, no, no. right? He puts the ring on. That's what made him disappear. <gasps> That's what, never mind. My brain is thinking Harry Potter as well. Well, because I think there is a part where this cloak, it looks like a rock. So mm-hmm. at one point, like they put the cloak over them and it looks like they're, they like, it's like camouflage versus invisibility. Mm-hmm. You know, like invisibility, it's the light, like you don't see a figure or a structure, whereas like this cloak, I think, creates a structure. It just is camouflage with the structures around them. Mm, gotcha. If, I'm a, if I heard it correctly at two o'clock in the morning last night, um, and as I reminisced on the embarrassment that I had with Ben, um, <laughs> anyways, so they learn that there are, there are other creatures who are in pain, who are searching for them. And as they leave, the song Lothlorien concludes. All I wrote is, okay, Mary Poppins. Uh, because Laura Michelle Kelly was Mary Poppins on the West End. Yeah. And uh, the stage goes dark. Okay. So there's sequence number one done. Okay. Next sequence. Oh my Boromir God. takes center stage, talking about the, uh, the ring and the uses and how, and tells, and Frodo tells him that the ring cannot be trusted. That's important. Frodo says the ring cannot be trusted, but you will find later that Frodo goes against his own advice. Yeah, it's like Alice in Wonderland. So Boromir wants to use the ring and Frodo says, nope, I'm going to Mordor alone. 
And Boromir then is pissed. So Boromir, Boromir is one of the men of the Fellowship. Mm-hmm. It's, it's uh, Strider, Boromir, so men, Legolas, Elf, uh, why can't I think of his name, but the dwarf, and then the hobbits. Okay. And Gandalf. So Boromir gets pissy because he thinks the ring should be his. So Frodo puts on the ring to disappear, which we have learned from Act 1 that that pretty much signals to those dark figures of where Frodo is because he enters the Shadowlands. Oh, that's right. Um, So when he disappears, this is done by lighting. It's actually kind of cool. Um, So what I could tell is Boromir, when Frodo goes to disappear, because we didn't really talk about it in the last um, episode, but the lighting of the show is just great. Mm-hmm. Boromir more or less hides Frodo, like stands in front of him and puts his back to the audience as Frodo puts on the ring. And then Boromir steps aside and Frodo is gone. Frodo is upstage, but the oh. upstage is so dark. They are on like the cusp of light. I think Frodo literally just steps back. Oh. So he's not lit anymore. I think it's simple as that. Um, So he just slinks back into the darkness or there's a trap door because as soon as Boromir is like, Frodo, I'm sorry, and runs away, the shadow lands is like becomes a transition on the stage with lighting. And Frodo's actually raised up from the stage to take center stage where he feels Sauron. So those turntable rising. So it might have been just a trap door that then like popped him back up like Genie and Aladdin. Mm hmm. So uh, this is, again, with the set. The set is fucking insane. Frodo is on a raised platform, and he takes off the ring, and all goes dark, except for the forest that was shown on the apron where they were before. And that's where all the normal people are. Oh. So when he slunk back into the darkness, Boromir was more or less, like, he's center stage, but he's up. He's downstage. Okay. So he went into the Shadowlands, saw Sauron, felt him, and then came back to real life. So... Right then, these creepy stilt things that we talked about before, I have Mm. determined that they are orcs. Those are the orcs. Okay. They come out on, like, pogo sticks and are doing backflips. Okay. You know those those stilts that um, have, like, hydraulics? Yes. They're on those. And they are literally bouncing and flipping on the stage. I, that's why I was saying this is kind of like Harry Potter, but the the movement and the skill level is so much higher than just like wand work. Yeah, like they have to do fucking. I I never I could never do a pogo stick, but I did know people who could do like backflips on a pogo stick. It's like that. I've never done a backflip on a pogo stick, but I loved doing pogo stick when I was little. I was so bad. I think I just don't have very good like center of gravity. Um, Because even in figure skating and and like dance figure skating, I could never center a spin in dance. I only really can do a single, sometimes a double, because I can't find a center of gravity, which so pogo stick. And clapping. Three, one. You go ahead. One, two, three. All right. Okay. We're back. We're back. Sorry about that. I don't even know where I like left. Do you want me to go back and listen? And I can tell you. No, I don't. Okay. We're great. talking about this. Oh, pogo sticks. Pogo sticks. Oh, yeah. I fucking We're love pogo sticks. Sorry fucking. that my, my garage band decided to be a douchebag today. Oh, that's okay. You know, like you were a pogo sticker. Yeah. I was a skip it person. I was really oh good at skip God, it. Oh, my God. I was really good at skip it, too. I love skip it. Did you ever, did you uh, 
Ever make it to the limit? I don't know what that is. Skip it. Because you know how it would count? Yes. So I would always do more than what the limit. Like I could always go over the limit. Like it would stop counting. Is this your claim to fame? That's how good I was at skip it. Is this your your claim to fame? Yes. You hit the limit? You got your prize. I was (laughs) over the limit. The limit does not exist. Oh my God. I'll tell you later. You just remind me of all these kids that I do this interactive DJing for. They're like, why didn't I win the prize? But I, I should have gotten the prize. Why did she win it? I'm like, well, because you, you already you got a prize. You, had a, you already got one. I, I gave it to you. Valid question. Yeah? Valid questions. Um, I'm also... Because I spread the wealth, I, I, I think, yeah. <laughs> you know what? We live in a culture where everyone gets a participation trophy, and that's what you just described. No, I don't I'm give everybody kidding. a prize. I just don't give one person all the prizes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Okay. Moving on. So, uh, pogo stick, creepy stilt orc things. So, with much underscoring, Boromir is raised up into the sky by these stilt people, mm-hmm. and then is breed. <laughs> this is this is me at two o'clock in the morning. He is beaten spring awakening style until he is left alone, <laughs> dying center stage. <laughs> You know in Spring what Awakening the where they fuck? like they they come after Melchior at like the boys' school and like, oh you have a girlfriend. They beat him up. It yeah. was that's more or less like that. He's just like center stage among these stilt people. And then they run away and he's left dying. And Aragorn runs out to find him as he dramatically dies, a la Sean Bean. Oh. Cause Sean Bean plays Bormer on in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I was reading an article this weekend about how Sean Bean just like famously dies on screen. Okay. Like in all of his roles. So, so <laughs> as he dies, Aragorn admits, this is big, big plot point. He admits that he, Aragorn, I guess at this point he's being called Strider, but his name is Aragorn. Uh, he is the heir to the throne. I thought he already man. told us that. He hasn't technically told them oh, that you told okay you, you i told you them that. it okay got it and so boromir goes oh shit you're my king and then he goes, he doesn't say that but and he says Verbatim. his last dying words all i've done who's gonna miss oh and he dies ouch that's kind of sad right that's so sad yikes um, but yeah no oh shit you're my king yes that is a direct quote from uh tolkien <laughs> word for word <laughs> I think Boromir was just worried that, like, because there is no king of man, mm-hmm. like, how is how is me man going to live up to uh, the men's expectations or whatever? And he's mm-hmm. like, that's okay. I'm a man, too. And I'm actually that you're king. Huh. <laughs> whatever. He's like, I chose to be a ranger. Ugh. Dramatically. Anyways. So Boromir is dying, and Arwen comes out and sings something as Aragorn sits holding dead Boromir. She's just this kind of there. I think she's, it's supposed to be like uh, in Oregon's or Oregon's Aragorn's brain. Um, but she sings some song. What that song is. I don't know. Uh, Moving on. I think it's probably an extension of some other song. Mm-hmm. This is honestly, I got confused at this point mm-hmm. about the show and like, because what, so listeners, 
Chelsea and I use Wikipedia synopsis or like whatever synopsis we can find online to kind of uh, give us a roadmap of more like topics of what's important in the show. And then we fill it in. Mm -hmm. And so the roadmap on Wikipedia, I think is incorrect to the, I did figure out it was a West end production I was watching. Okay. Uh, So I think the roadmap was more or less Toronto. And then I was watching West end. So there was, Clearly differences. Interesting. Anyways, okay. Bormer is dead and Frodo and Sam are f- have fled the rest of the fellowship. So um, as so me, this is a meanwhile cut to Frodo and Sam are off on their way to Mount Doom by themselves. Okay. And they are joined by a creature named Gollum. Who excuse me, who possessed the ring for centuries and desires to have it as his own again. Gollum. And this is where I found out that YouTube closed captioning thinks Shire is shower. (laughs) (laughs) We kept talking about the shower. (laughs) (laughs) So Sam and uh, Frodo are arguing about um, perhaps never making it home. And a Gollum attacks him out of nowhere with much underscoring. And he just jumps on top of the hobbits. But Frodo and Sam are able to to detain him by using the threat of a sword and rope. And Frodo then tries to empathize with Gollum and says, if he takes Sam and him to Mordor, Frodo will free him of his oath of bringing the Dark Lord the ring. So what we have found out is that Gollum, I think we found this out last in the last episode, Mm -hmm. Gollum has been tasked of finding the ring. Okay. And like by the hobbits. And so Frodo more or less says, well, you don't have to be possessed anymore by the need of the string if it's, if it's gone and you don't need to go and face the scary, scary dark Lord by bringing it to him if it's gone. So why don't you just help us destroy it? And it's a win-win situation. Great. Awesome. Sam doesn't want to do it. Meanwhile, Mary and Pippin are also lost and they are on the back of the stage. This is such a short and like stupid scene to keep in, even though it is fun. They're sitting at the back of the stage and they're like, we're lost. Oh no. But what they're actually leaning against is a tree named Treebeard. Treebeard. Which is a man on stilts who looks a lot like the knights who say knee from Spam a lot and kind of acts like it too. So he goes, I didn't know hobbits are real. So I guess no one knows that hobbits exist at this point in the story. Okay. But the hobbits also didn't know there was talking trees. Um, and so there's a lot of confusion during this scene, <laughs> but I think the point is to literally just make like the trees known and have them have, give them a place in the show because they were a large part of the films. Um, so the, so the trees are yelling and singing and, um, Pippin and Mary are freaking out in the middle of the stage because the trees are trying to make a decision about whether or not to help, uh, the hobbits, which if I think in the movie, they're like, we made the decision to make a decision. Like they can't make decisions. Okay. Um, but the trees do elect eventually to help them fight Saruman. Yay. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> is, has there been any music playing? Like you said, there was some underscoring, just underscoring, just underscore after underscoring. underscoring. Yeah. Cool. That's why I'm like, it's just like, 
not much we're of gonna a musical. Get... No, exactly. That's why I'm like, it's just a bunch of fucking underscoring. Hmm. We're going to get to some music. Um, I know I've said at least one song. Yeah. Yes. Lothlorian. You have. You have. I was just curious. I'm like, did I miss something? Or... Okay. Cool. I mean, so... No. But we get to... Uh, Saruman, speaking of, he shows up in the middle of the stage and is pissed that the stilt things keep letting the hobbits go and get away. This is the guy, this is uh, Saruman the White. He is the one who, uh, when he shows up on stage, there's a diamond. I realize that this lit diamond, I think, is supposed to be the eye of Mordor. The eye of uh, Mordor. Because there's really no eye that ever shows up. Okay. Um. And the orc slash stilt things are kneeling like hyenas to be told what to do. And the rest of the fellowship glides by on a turntable edge, observing the orcs that are coming and they need to hurry. So (laughs) Saruman's like, go get them. And as the stage rotates, the lights change. And then the fellowship's just looking at the audience being like, we should run. (laughs) And then throughout this, there is... A be prepared short sequence. <laughs> like Lion King? Be, like Lion King. Be so prepared. imagine Lion King, Lord of the Rings style with different underscoring. Oh, I'm already there. I'm already. That is what's happening on the stage. Oh, that is Lord. literally what's happening on the stage with choreographed movement. Good God. Like with a dance break. Be um, prepared. <laughs> so the fellowship makes it to Boromir's dad after the sequence. Mm-hmm. So they have a little fight, and now they're with Beormir's dad. And Aragorn is able to convince <laughs> Daddy by telling him. So they go to Boromir's dad Daddy. to, like, w- they, need, they need his help to fight this problem. And Boromir's dad's like, well, I can't because my son's dead, and I have no help and no king. And Aragorn's, well, Why I'm... This is what he says, or according to, um, to close captioning. Aragorn says that he is Erebor, <laughs> and that he is actually the fucking king and the son of Arathorn. Okay. And so because of that, Daddy agrees um, to help him because Aragorn is, quote unquote, heir of the throne of men. At this point, so as written by Wikipedia, and this is where I got confused, Gandalf returns in time to intervene at the siege of the city of Kings, where the lands of men are under attack by the forces of Saruman and the orcs of Mordor in the song, the siege of the city of Kings. Siege of the city of Kings. Good Lord. So up to this point, as I said, there's underscoring. There was just like a lot of information kind of back to back to back to back. Um, But this is a very fiery sequence. Um, The stage becomes red as if it's like in hell. Uh, And the levels of the turntable are rising and falling as the orcs are literally jumping up and down. So it's creating um, cliffs. And then they would turn and then there's like new, new levels created. Then there would be like a pass. It, it looked like a recipe for disaster. 
Have yeah. you talked about a spider can a spider king, Spider Man having like injuries? But this is a big fat injury waiting to happen, and I don't think there really were any. So it begs the question: Was were the Spider Man people just kind of wussies? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I think they just were put in bad situations with people that didn't know how to do tech well. Which, honestly, that could be it. Because this is just, like, there is a part later where one of the actors almost eats it. Oh, Because of how the set is. And that was them just walking. So imagine jumping on pogo sticks across them. No, I'm good. I don't want to think about that. Uh, Okay, so we're in the siege of the City of Kings. We talked about the stage. Um, this is where I start looking at the time code there. It's one fifty one eleven because no amount of time, no amount of me describing it will be the sequence justice. Uh, sorry. So the time code on the recording, which I would like to post the link is one fifty one, like one hour and 51 minutes. This is where the sequence happens. It's like a Q to Q nightmare. Go watch it. And then just like all of a sudden they're fighting, then doing choreographed dance on all levels. So this is the be prepared situation be prepared. that I was talking about. They just say on like the staircase levels and the orcs are like, yeah, yeah. Chorus line. <laughs> <laughs> and Gandalf appears in the middle platform as he surprises everyone. And he returns to pretty much the fellowship as Gandalf the white, all the spotlights are on him. So I know I kind of like ruined that he's returning, but in the sequence, literally because the fellowship was being like killed by these orcs, when they get to that staircase sequence, that middle platform, Gandalf is on that, it raises to the top. All the lights are shining on him and it's like, I am back and killing you. And it's beautiful and wonderful. And the fight continues, but now there's a color guard sequence. What? So there's all these flags that show up and they're dancing with flags as the platform levels start to change and they level out to, uh, to flat. And at the end of the sequence, there's a blackout. All right. So big old orc party and then a blackout. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Literally. It's like so cool to watch, but I can't, I, they can't describe it. Um, and it doesn't necessarily move forward the plot other than there was a fight. So then Mary and Pippin come out of nowhere to congratulate their friends on their lovely dance competition routine. I mean, battle. <laughs> and Gandalf. <laughs> I loved your dance battle. It was fantastic. I love your dance battle. Wow. <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Abby Lee is shaking in her boots. Oh my God. <laughs> So Gandalf makes his presence known to the hobbits now. And then Saruman comes out of nowhere and says he still needs to be the leader of the White Council. Of so course he would. And this argument is happening in just in front of everyone. So Saruman's the one who, who, uh, who in, it trapped Gandalf at the beginning. And then remember he like was trapped at the beginning, came back, died, and now he's back. Yeah. Yeah. But Saruman's staff ends up breaking and he's pissed off and Gandalf won't let him join the fellowship in their conquest for power. Um, oh, sorry. Saruman's staff breaks. Saruman gets pissed and then Gandalf won't join him 
and their con- conquest for power because Gandalf is now Gandalf the White and Saruman is that leader of the White Council. So Saruman runs off and Aragorn says he's still worried, even though the staff is broken. Mm. And that's that. So now the hobbits approach Gandalf with excitement and they are then made aware that Boromir is dead and Sam and Frodo went rogue. Okay. So just so you know, everyone is now in the loop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> with each other. And at this point in the show, according to my uh, recording, allegedly there was only 30 minutes left. That was not true. What? So the two- <laughs> I'm so confused. So we're only really halfway through Act 2 at this point. Um. The show hate, is definitely three hours long. I hate that because I have a doctor's appointment at 530. So we're going to go fast. Oh, we're almost now. done. Okay. We're almost done. <laughs> um, so the stage changes. The stage changes again to the turning staircase on the turntable I was talking about before where it creates kind of that cliff. And mm-hmm. Gollum appears with Frodo and Sam. And they have made it to Mount Doom more or less. They are on like the, they are climbing now the mountain. And Sam reminds him, uh, says that this whole Mount Doom situation reminds him of Gandalf's fireworks. So he's trying to think of it fondly now, trying to find some positivity in what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Sam accidentally reveals to Gollum that Frodo is a Baggins. And Gollum's like, Bagginses? Bagginses? Just like that. Um, Sam and Frodo also talk about how... Uh, uh, Galadrian, Gal- Gal- Galadriel, sorry, I did not write her name out, I just put G, uh, mm-hmm. said that they are companions and lost, and they try to keep their spirits up by trying to figure out what that means, but they're keeping their spirits up by singing songs of old tales. And so they sing to each other about the power of stories in the song, Now and For Always. Wouldn't retreat, just follow his feet, now and for always. Sit by the firelight's glow Tell us an old tale we know Tell of adventures strange and rare Never to change, ever to share Stories we tell will cast their spell Now and for always Messing about in a boat on the river with you It's another one. It's like a little ballad that they sing to each other. Now and for always, we sing the harmonies. And this song comes back later. It's beautiful. It sounds like Frog and Toad. I like it. I know, right? It's just another bromantic song. Very very (laughs) bromantic. I can't think of the the Frog and Toad bromance song. I only know Ratty and Mole. So I know the British version of Frog and Toad. Um, So Gollum is moved by their song. And he's like, why am I so hateful? And um, he is now remembering that we're looking at a staircase that's a diagonal of a cliff. Mm -hmm. You know what? Think about the Lion King cliff. Okay. The one like Pride Rock or is that right? Yes. Is that Pride Rock? That is Pride Rock. Okay. So Sam and Frodo, imagine them on the very tippy top of Pride Rock. Golem is at the very bottom, at the base of it. So they're across stage from each other. Mm-hmm. And Golem, he is 
showing signs of Smeagol, his other personality, and he is having more or less a Jekyll and Hyde moment to himself, um, where the evil side of his personality asserts itself and he plans to betray the hobbits in the song Golem slash Smeagol. Slashing, ripping hobbits, and that's out! No, I, I don't want to! So the hobbits are sleeping during this song, and this song uh, brings back themes from now and for always. Mm-hmm. And that and Golem starts to kind of make that song a little malicious as the show continues on. But wow. we're seeing this incredible performance by Golem um, by changing his posture. But like you know, in Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, Hasselhoff, he like changed his posture. Like I'm standing up straight. Now I'm hunched yeah, over. Now yeah. I'm standing up straight. This was like, I'm standing up straight. I'm doing a plank. Now I'm standing up straight again. Now I'm rolling around on the ground. Oh, like, it was like extreme. Like it was so good, so good. Ten out of ten. Great actor. Um, and by as he's like ending this issue or this like conflict with himself, he has now run up to the hobbits and has taken the sword and he's trying to practically kill himself. He yeah. has a sword facing at himself. And he does this with the sword in his hand right when Sam wakes up and accuses him of trying to kill Frodo. Ah. So at this time, Gollum, because he was trying like Smeagol was winning but then Sam was like no you're evil and he's like you're right I am (laughs) and so Golem convinces himself that he's going to portray the hobbits and try to steal the ring ending the song the scene in the act leading Sam and Frodo and singing the hobbits duet back to them in a more sinister way me alone will be now and for all That's ending act two. Act three. <laughs> Oof. Hold on just a We're second. I got two pages. I got it. Oh my gosh. Okay. We're at act three now? Yes. Oh my God. So where, where we just left off is Gollum is leading Sam and Frodo. He's continuing to lead them, but he's like going to betray them. So things are about to happen in act three because now we're seeing a new side of Gollum or like, I guess the original side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the act two ends with that song of Gollum being like, now and always. <laughs> okay. Just like that. I like it. Just like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wrote with allegedly only 10 minutes left. Not true. I ended up having to find a new video. (laughs) So act three opens with the same foliage that we've been talking about with the scrim and the ring. And behind the scrim on the platform, which they start using this like device more. When they have the scrim down inside the ring, if they're on that top platform, the middle platform, they are perfectly centered within it. 
and they're kind of hazy. And so that's what they did. So Aragorn is up on the platform with a sword, giving a speech and leading his people to battle in the song, the greatest and final battle. Once a speech, pretty the Braveheart speech, more or less, he's like, we will, this will be our independence day. Um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, So if Aragorn, he says, um, so once the speech is over, he comes down, the scrim goes up, fellowship comes and talks to him. Like, People were wooing in the background, but no longer listening to him. Aragorn admits that if he can defeat the forces of evil and reclaim the kingship of men, he will receive Arwen's hand in marriage. Hmm. Kind of a presumptuous there. Yeah. Um, He tells Gandalf that he has to choose a path and is unsure if he can do it. But Gandalf reveals (laughs) Aragorn's daddy actually did it once. He actually had had killed and defeated um, the Dark Lord. And so he shouldn't worry about it. You can do it too. So Aragorn sings about his conflicted heart in the song, The Song of Hope Duet. Let the sunlight free the heart forever bound to roam And let the wind It is funny in this recording because remember, I think it was a dress rehearsal. The photographer was there. I just see somebody's legs show up just on the edge of the light and then disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I think a stage manager just like walked across the stage. Okay. So Arwen comes out um, and they sing this song together. I think, again, this is kind of a uh, in his mind Arwen's there, which is this is what happens in the film a lot. I don't That's my frame of reference um there's a lot of scenes where he's talking to arwen but it's really just in his head meanwhile golem is leading sam and frodo through a stinky tunnel because sam goes it smells in here (laughs) and frodo's sword begins to glow showing there's danger nearby i These are the notes I did today. And I'm like, these are worse than last night's notes. Oh, no. Um, so we learn that Frodo is having second thoughts on destroying the ring. As it, the ring is what's keeping Lothlorien alive, which is that safe place for the elves and Galadriel. Mm-hmm. And it would, if he says, like, if I destroy the ring, the ring that's keeping that place alive will die, which means no more elves. So I should keep the ring. And he begins fighting with Sam and calling the ring his precious. Precious. So remember how earlier we said, you can't, like Frodo's like, you can't trust the ring, Boromir, and then he died? Mm-hmm. Guess who's not trusting the ring now, bitch? <laughs> Shoot. So Frodo says that he's just going to stay in the tunnels with the ring forever, much like another character who just had a moment earlier. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm, that's how Golem got stuck in the tunnels. He's like, I'm just going to stay here with the ring. And then the ring was uh, lost or stolen. So now Frodo's like, I'm just going to stay here. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here with the ring. Uh." And he has his little like hobbit hissy fit. And he'll stay there, quote, now and for always. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. And then my recording shut off. Oh. (laughs) 
and I had to go find a new recording of the and show. Like, no, which... that's okay. That's the end of the musical. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. Um, so the recording that I found, uh, it's the audio. Somebody recorded the audio and then found more or less videos, just like compilation of videos and production photos mm-hmm. and put it, put them in line with the audio. So it was a lot of just like photos with audio playing. So you're like, this photo happened during this scene. And then there was like be a video, parts of a video. It was whoever did this, like that was a lot of work. Yeah. For like, a, you can't, it's like, not the musical. That's though. not fair. It wasn't. It wasn't fair. But you did see, I could see uh, makeup and costumes are much better at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we find out, Golem has led them into the lair of an enormous spider named Shalub so that he can take the ring from Frodo when Frodo is dead from the spider. So I'm looking up specific songs and audio and videos right now, but the spider, what I have compiled is the spider is a puppet that flies down from the fly with underscoring. It's a ginormous fucking spider, giant puppet. We talked about the puppets during the background of this, like it is huge and you know, it's expensive and you know, they were only going to use it once. Um, so the spider shows up, has Frodo under him, but Sam, saves him by coming in and slashing at the spider with the, with a sword and the, the spider retreats by flying back out. <laughs> so this is and Harry Sam's Potter, right? Not Harry Potter. Large, no, no, no. Harry spider. Potter. It's, it's opposite. Oh, okay. The fly, it, I don't think it comes down. I think it comes up anyways. Um, Sam saves Mr. Frodo and the bromance is still alive. Aww. The hobbits. So, the hummets manage to survive and make their way to Mount Doom. So literally, Sam begins to drag and carry Frodo. But Frodo keeps having hissy fits about how he doesn't want to get rid of the ring. And Sam's like, no, you have to get rid of the ring. He's like, I don't want to. And so as they are climbing, Gladriel shows up um, on the stage. And she casts a spell to protect the forces of good in the final battle in the song Wonder. So from what I can tell, the hobbits are climbing and walking and Gladriel is shown with that foliage dome over her Mm -hmm. in all of her gold um, while the hobbits are traveling on the apron of the stage that then turns into the staircase turntable. This then becomes Gladriel's stage and she almost eats it. (laughs) Oh, no. So her shoes, I hadn't seen them before. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's up with her shoes? Because she's just like elevated. Her shoes are shoe and then this like tree trunk. Oh, that's I took a picture. Okay. And so they're 
I don't even know how to describe it. Like, you know how shoes, you, you walk like heel toe, heel toe, uh-huh. but there's no support between the heel and the toe in the middle of the platform. I don't like, like it. Like, so she's really just on stilts. Okay. She's really just on stilts and they're not stilts. They're crazy ass shoes, but she's walking down the staircase, singing wonder and having a huge moment. Um, the habit, the hobbits are traveling the mountainside as she sings this. And she also comments on how the golden leaves will fall, but that's okay. It's a really is a lovely song, but wonder is also her kind of foreshadowing the loss of Loth- Lothlorien mm-hmm. and how the destruction of the ring will be good, but bad. And so one, the song wonder begins to meld into the song, the final battle. Where the warriors begin their preparations and the most epic production shot has, that has ever been produced is made. Um, and the music becomes more and more underscoring in the meat of the song. What did you say this was so, molding into? The final battle. Okay, okay. And so this is where there really wasn't a lot of video footage that I could find. But from the footage I did see, it's no more or less impressive than the stage fighting we saw earlier. Okay. Like the, the turntable's still changing levels. They're still hopping from one platform to the other. The lighting's still amazing. But what I do see is that behind a scrim that is made by curtains, Sam is carrying Frodo up the mountain of Mount Doom. Sam. So the battle's happening in front of them. They're behind them. Okay. So Frodo and Sam finally reach as the battle kind of subsides. Mm-hmm. The Sam and Frodo finally reach the cracks of doom to destroy the ring once and for all. And the cracks of doom is like, imagine like an like a dragon egg that's just opened, mm-hmm. or like a, a lotus that's open. Think of the dragon egg in Harry Potter when it opens up and it just like all the leaves just kind of fall to one side. Yeah. And makes like a their thing in the middle. That's what it looks like. Um. And Frodo at this point is consumed by the ring's power and he wants to claim it for himself. Then the cracks subside and it becomes Frodo in the middle of a platform that looks like lava. So it's just red lights and Frodo's in the middle looking like he's standing in the midst of lava. Okay. Suddenly Golem reappears out of fucking nowhere and takes the ring from Frodo. What a bitch. But as during the little conflict... Golem loses his balance and falls into the fire with it into the fiery hole in the stage. Oh, I forgot about that. This staging was definitely videoed. Oh. <laughs> Up close and with a lot of it. So Gladriel's still singing. She's over singing yonder. Mm-hmm. Golem falls, and at first I thought it was going to be like the Hades town hole, but it's not. Actually, what happens is Frodo raises up on a platform. Gollum also raises up on a harness and then falls with the harness. And so as Frodo's raising and Galadriel's raising, Gollum stays more or less midair, center, not Mm. going up or down, falling for a long-ass sequence. So he's (laughs) falling into the lava. 
Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And finally, the song completes with Gladriel singing a very calm and inspiring mid-range note about shining forever. <laughs> Golem is dead and the ring is gone. Bye, bitch. Yay. Yay. But the show's not over. No. And this, again, is where I kind of got confused about the sequencing. I, Wikipedia, my roadmap was a little off. So with the ring's destruction, Sauron is defeated and the, and the Dominion of Men begins. Frodo and Sam are reunited with Gandalf. They had not yet found out that he was alive. Because remember, they were gone. Oh, that's right. Oregon. I keep calling Oregon. Aragorn. Yeah. (laughs) Becomes king, and he marries Arwen in the song City of Kings. So very quickly, Gollum dies, and then we're at a fucking wedding. Slash coronation. Mm -hmm. Where everyone is in white with staves, and they're looking kind of like Jesus. So at this, Aragorn, he quote unquote breaks the fellowship of the ring and knights the hobbits with great praise. Yay. 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 Great praise. Yay, hobbits. The smallest of us all, but did great things. Woohoo. Small but mighty. Um, and this is a discrepancy. So after bidding farewell, so it's said that Frodo decides that he's wary and does not want to return to the Shire. He wants to stay with the elves. So he bids farewells to his friends, Sam, Mary, and Pippin, and they return to the Shire. I got a little confused because the, far- the farewells happened a little later in what I was watching. Okay. From what I could tell, Frodo did, did not go with them, but the hobbits, more or less, go back to the Shire. And they find it in shambles from Saruman. Oh, what As bitch. told by the narrator. There was a narrator at some point. Um, and so Rosie appears and sees Sam admitting that she thought he was dead. And she goes, don't you ever leave me again. If you leave me again, I'm coming with you. And they realize Sam has a gift from Lothlorien from Galadriel, Mm -hmm. um, that can help restore the Shire. And Rosie goes, who's this Galadriel girl giving you gifts? (laughs) Fair question. And the narrator begins to wrap up the story in the song finale. Rosie get married and the stage is full of tulips which my core memory is somebody knocking those over <laughs> and going oopsie doopsie oopsie doopsie but then this is where I got confused because then here's the end of the show Galadriel appears to say that Lothlorien is no more Arwen appears to say that she's married Aragorn Frodo is then invited to come with them and Bilbo so it's just all like Galadriel Gandalf uh Arwen, Aragorn, and yeah, that's everyone. And Bilbo standing and being like, come with us. So Frodo goes with them because he, he's worried from his quest and decides to leave Middle Earth forever and sail with Bilbo. 
Gandalf and the Great Elves to the lands of the West in the song Epilogue Farewells. So the narrator wraps up the story as the, fo- the circle foliage comes down and we see the main her- heroes on the platform uh, with the line as those times are at an end. Thus ending Lord of the Rings the musical. Holy shit. That was long. <laughs> yes. That was long. And yes, we've covered... Haven't we covered Les Mis? Uh, I think we did. Yeah. That was, that was fucking long. That was an opera. Of course, the ring cycle is Lord of the Rings. The ring Speaking cycle of, is Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Oh, I didn't... I never actually noticed that. Yeah. I've only ever seen the last of the ring cycle, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a retelling, or it's a different telling of the Lord of the Rings, but yes, it is that oh fable, God. that story, yeah. So they just took an opera that was made into a book that was made into a musical, or was made into a movie, and now made into a musical. Super fun. Oh, funsies. God, Chels, it's just so long, and it's what sucks is it's not bad. Like, it's not bad, it's just long. Here, I'm sending you a picture of Laura Michelle Kelly's shoes. Okay. Um, so Galadriel, costume-wise, um, she's in, like, a gold dress with a lot of, like, her hair is, like, looks like ropes. And her dress is connected to her arms. Like, oh, that's pretty. Bot- like, her skirt is directed to her, uh, connected to her arms. Yeah. But do you see those shoes? Those are gorgeous. They're gorgeous, but, like, you see what I mean? Where, like, how do you walk on those? Very carefully. Very carefully. I'm sending you some set photos, too, so you have them. Those are definitely not stilts, but they're close. Right? Well, because I'm like, I don't even know how to describe them. I know I would not be able to walk in those. They they look like you're wearing a sandal, but then roots are shooting out of your feet and then forming right. a, a larger shoe. Hi, Stinky. What do you want? It's, like it's not dinner tree. time. It's, it's like not a tree. Time yet, stinky. It's not dinner time, I just stinky. sent you production photos, too. So you'll see uh, Lothlorien where all the sil- like the people are on the silks and the dome mm-hmm. is being created. I sent you Treebeard. Um, I sent you the orc battle. It's really pretty. <laughs> it's really, yeah, really pretty. It's, it's so pretty. That, yeah. Oh, and then I think I accidentally just sent you Paul. Um, but That's that okay. one where they're all facing upstage is all like is when they're like leaving and then the foliage comes down. The, That's cool. I mean, the use of this turntable was just insane. Like you can tell where the money was spent. Oh, and it was, and it's so like, I'm like, take out all of the random dance numbers mm-hmm. and just play. Like I would watch that with underscoring and no dialogue if they just yeah. did the sequences. So Lord of the Rings, the ballet. So anyways, yes, yes. Yeah. Honestly, you know, you know and they probably would have cut an hour. 
And you know who else is as graceful as the Lord of the Rings, the ballet? Graceful and beautiful. I know it's not our patrons. <laughs> it's definitely our patrons. It is. Are our, our patrons. patrons graceful and beautiful? Okay, okay, They're okay. They're graceful and yes, I'm just they kidding, are. Patrons. Love you. They follow us. I, they put I, up yes, with I our bullshit. You. That's <laughs> therefore are graceful. Uh, yes, thank you, patrons, uh, for your support. You will be getting some videos, I promise. I just need to upload them. Um, if you want to join our patrons, uh, you can join them at patreon.com slash wines and dolls. We have an archive of all of our old, st- our, all of our stuff over the past couple of years. Um, so if you get, you know, bored in the next month when we're on a hiatus, you could definitely mm-hmm. join that. Um, and oh my gosh, Nibbler. No, it's Stinky. Hi, Stinker. Um, you can join, you'll see Sneaky on Patreon. You can join them at patreon.com slash wines and dolls. But if you'd like to support us in other ways, please press subscribe anywhere you're listening to this podcast. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please scroll down and press the furthest meow, 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 for the start of the right and leave us a review. That was Kitty Cat. That was a, a oh, Kitty Cat. Muffin. He's so sweet. He's He's in my lap. He's purring. You might be able to hear him purr here. You're going to purr for the microphones? Purr for the patrons? Ah! He's like, do not hold me, human. Do do not force me. He doesn't like to be held. He does not. No, he does not. Um, Honestly, patrons and listeners, I think I sent this to our clinkers who we haven't spoken to in a little while. But I think we need 44 more unique listens to get our ads back. So if you oh, want to yeah. share this with a friend, we would greatly appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> share it with a friend. Um, with and friend. if you do leave a review, please take a screenshot and send it to us on uh, social media at Wines and Dolls or email at winesanddolls at gmail.com so that we can send you a gift. That would be lovely. If you want to send us a story or just reach out, you can reach us at winesanddolls at gmail.com or just go to our website at winesanddolls.com. And there is all of our links to our social medias that are usually just at winesanddolls. Yeah. And with that... I'm Chelsea and this is Stinky. I'm Emily. (laughs) And this has been... Wines and dolls and Lord of the Rings Act 2 and 3. Yes. <laughs>